So as we enter this month uh, of August and uh, we look at what a summer of hope might look like, I was wondering what um, punctuation mark I should put after the statement summer of hope. I wonder whether it should be an exclamation mark and uh, excited about this summer and uh, hopeful for whatever God's going to do or whether for some of us maybe it's a question mark. Maybe is it going to be a summer of hope? Is there, is there hope for us to find? Is there hope for us to discover? And perhaps with trying to manage all the different things that are going on around us, wondering if there's hope for our wider world at all in terms of all that's going on and the news that bombards us every day. And I guess what, what punctuation mark you put at the end depends, I guess, on how you are feeling today or what's going on around you in particular. Whether... You have decided to put your trust wholly in God for whatever it is, or whether there is that anxiety and worry uh, as to wondering whether God is going to come through after all. And I guess the punctuation mark could depend on what's happening each particular day as well. You know, depending how you wake up, whether you're full of the joys of, of spring. No, maybe it feels a bit spring-like today, but whether that's your uh, desire, whether you move into the day with incredible energy and hope, or whether, you know, there are things that are just knocking you down and you're not sure as to how to find your way through it. So I just want us to think a little bit today about how we could have hope in him, how we have hope in God when we feel that things are shaking, how can our hope be certain in him? If you've got your Bibles, you want to just flick on to Psalm 42 again. It's a, a great psalm and uh, one that I, I'm sure uh, resonates with you and your life at t- particular times, one that perhaps you know very well. I'm intrigued by the, the uh, opening of it, and, uh, the, uh, the heading of it. Before we get to verse 1, you'll see this little inscription there, for the director of music, a maskil of the sons of Korah. So although David wrote many of the psalms, this is one of them that he didn't write. This was written by the so-called sons of Korah. And to know who the sons of Korah are, you have to go a bit further back in the history of Israel when Jehoshaphat, I love that name, don't you love the name? Has anybody called their children? I mean, they should call their child Jehoshaphat, really, shouldn't they? It's just the most wonderful of names. Anyway, he was the king, and his armies were being faced by the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Munites, okay? So a lot of the knights were against them at that particular time. Now, they were given hope of victory, even in the circumstances, when the Spirit of the Lord spoke to them very clearly. If you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 15, you'll see what the Spirit of God said to them as they faced this terrible challenge ahead of them. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. I've lost my place now. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Those are words we hear echoed in much of the Old Testament story, aren't they? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And here, the battle is the Lord's. 
The sons of Korah were there as well at this particular time. They were a group of priests who were charged with the ministry of singing. That must be one of the best jobs in the world, do you think? Charged with the ministry of singing. And here we go in verse 18 of 2 Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. You love that? Here's the sons of Korah, right in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the despair that perhaps the people were feeling. And as the people fell to the ground, what did the sons of Korah do? They stood up and they sang with a loud voice in confidence that God is going to win the day. I love this about them. They stood up with noisy worship, confident that God was going to come through in them. And so we, here we have Psalm 42. A maskil of the sons of Korah. A maskil, bit uncertain, maybe comes from a Hebrew word that means to instruct or to craft something very carefully, a song that is written very carefully, unlike most of the songs you hear today on the radio, I must say. But anyway, here's a song that is crafted very carefully to teach us something. So out of this army that they're facing, the sons of Korah want to sing a song, a loud song. And Psalm 42 is part of this song that they want us to sing. They don't duck the difficulties in the, that are going on in, in life. They face them head on and every time sing this song. Now, Psalm 42 and 43 were probably just one song. And if you look at how it's made up, you'll see that there are three verses to this particular song. Verses 1 to 4 in the text is the first verse. And then verse 5 is the chorus. Then we've got verses 6 of Psalm 42 to verse 10 of Psalm 42, and verse 11 is the chorus. And then we've got verse 1 to 4 of Psalm 43, and then verse 5 of Psalm 43 is the chorus. And the chorus is the same every time. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And so here's these three verses with this echo of the chorus. The armies are coming to attack us, but we're going to stand up and sing a song of praise to the Lord. We're going to lift our eyes to him and sing because our hope is in God. It doesn't dismiss the fear. It doesn't diminish what is going on. But it reminds us where our hope is to be found. Against the odds, the words of this psalm are fighting for hope. Against the prevailing mood of the day, of the despair of what was going on, they are fighting for hope. It's not delusional. It's delightful, isn't it? It's a confidence regained and restored in the moment when eyes turn to sing this song to my Savior and my God. I'm going to choose to put my hope in God.
And here are six very quick things. Very six quick things this morning. Firstly, ask God why. When you're facing a challenge, when you're not sure what is next, ask God why. Verse 9 says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Why, God? It looks like you've forgotten me. It feels like you've forgotten me. Why do I do this? Well, ask him why. Why aren't the enemies driven back? Why aren't they consumed? It would be good if all of us were so composed and careful in the expression of our discouragement that we never said anything amiss, but it's not that way. In the midst of the emotions, often we're not careful with our words, but the psalmist asks why. Why, God? Ask God why. Secondly, affirm God's love. Verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Even though it looks like God has forgotten, the writer never stops believing the absolute sovereignty of God over all adversity. Verse 7 says, all your breakers and your waves have swept over me. That's good news that they've swept over you. They haven't sunk you. You haven't gone down to the depths they've swept over you. There's a sort of ballast in your life that is hoping God, no matter what else is being thrown at you, I'm still, my head is still above the waters. It keeps us from capsizing his love, his, our hope in him. And thirdly, sing. <laughs> I don't know how good you are at singing. The singing sounded great this morning. But Sing. Sing to the Lord at night. That's what the psalmist did, pleading for his life. Verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love and at night his song is with me, a prayer. This is a prayer that says, God, I'm yours. You are my life. A song pleading for more of God. And he's singing his prayer, just like the psalms would have been sung It's hard to compose a song when we're discouraged and weeping day and night. But there are songs written for us out of the same feelings. Songs of faith that we can join in with. And then fourthly, preach to yourself. I know talking to yourself is meant to be not a good thing, but the psalmist reminds us, start preaching to yourself. Verse 5, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? He's preaching to himself. He's almost telling himself off in terms of how he's feeling. He's reminding himself of who God is. Some of you may know Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was a preacher for 40 years at Westminster Chapel, um, number of years ago now he wrote a book with a most alluring title called spiritual depression isn't that a book you want to put on your christmas list spiritual depression it is a great book to put on your christmas list having said that and he spends hundreds of pages looking at psalm 42 i just put a little quote out for you today he says this have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself That's wisdom, isn't it? 
Most of your unhappiness with life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they are talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday. Somebody is talking. Who is talking to you? You yourself is talking to you. Now, this man's treatment in Psalm 42, he goes on to say, was this. Instead of allowing his self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. Why are you cast down, O my soul? His soul had been depressing him and crushing him. So he stands up and says, self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. It's worth listening to yourself sometimes and reminding yourself where your hope is. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? Who's going to separate you from the love of Christ? Fifthly, remember past experiences. Verse 4 says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. God means for those encounters of corporate worship where we gather together, whether in groups or together on a Sunday, he means for those to encourage us and build us up where we encounter the presence of God where two or three gather together. These things I remember. Don't give up meeting together. And finally, there's a thirst for God. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul thirsts, pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet him? This is not thirsting for relief or for escape. This is thirsting for more of God. It's not wrong to want relief. It's not wrong to pray for it. But there's a more important prayer to make. God, I long for you. I want you to satisfy my thirst. I pray this summer of hope will be where we find again hope in him. In the midst of all that is happening. That hope that he brings us because of Jesus and the cross and the resurrection. And we're going to gather around the table to remember where our hope is found in that resurrection promise. Remember that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God because it was finished, it was completed. And there he was sat down, starting to intercede for us as we face the things we face. Put your hope in God. I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God.